This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. The either or mentality where I can either choose to be creative and to have a deeply fulfilling love, or I can choose to be successful and make an impact on the world and have like deep purpose and drive. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, both of those sound good, but why do I have to choose either or? Take a breath. <sighs> hey guys, I'm Cindy Litwako, and welcome to Something to Share. Every Wednesday, I sit down with people you may have seen on your TV screens, experts in their fields, or just people I find inspirational so that they have a platform to dive into the things that they really want to talk about. We all have something to share, something that we're going through, and something that we need to hear. So let's get started. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. I, as always, am just so happy that you're here, that you press play, and that we get to spend some time together. Um, we have an incredible guest on. Her name is Ava Johanna. She is a breathwork teacher. Um, she started the Academy of Breath, where she teaches people all around the world um, how to utilize breath through different techniques, whether they're yoga techniques or different science-backed ways of working with your breath. She trains people on how to teach breath work or just to understand breath work to utilize it for themselves. She's absolutely incredible. She has an incredible story, and I'll let her tell you that um, when we get her on the podcast. But I just found her to be such a light and literally a breath of fresh air. I know you guys hear my intro every time you press play on an episode, and I always start with, let's take a breath because I have found just for myself in moments of chaos or moments of a really busy mind or just any time of the day, if you just stop and take one long, deep breath, how much it can change your body and ease your mind and anchor yourself in your thoughts in your day and whatever's going on. Um, so I love to utilize breath. And I was really excited to bring Ava on because this is what she does. This is how she helps so many people. And I had her do something a little different at the end of the episode. She walks us through a brief breathwork exercise. So absolutely, definitely stay tuned for that. I think it's going to help you reset your day, your week, whatever you're going through currently. Um, just make sure that when you're doing it that you don't close your eyes if you're driving or walking down the street. Um, you can do it from anywhere, but just be aware if you are feeling extra relaxed and driving probably isn't the greatest combo. So uh, we do this at the end of the episode and you'll know exactly when it is, but I wanted to prep you for that. So stay tuned to the end so you get some really good, really beautiful breath work. Besides that, I just got back from my trip to California. It was honestly so nice. And I love when a trip is like really perfect and the right amount of time and you're just ready to come home once it's over. Um, but it was everything I needed. I got to connect with my really good friends. It was a really relaxing trip. So it wasn't just like going out and getting crazy and going to dinner and doing a bunch of drinking, which there was some of that. But it was just a really like beautiful time to get in nature, to feel like the sun on my skin, which feels like it's been forever because it's dead winter here. Um, we did some actually breathwork exercises as a group and just had like really good long girl talks, which I've been missing in my life. Um, so I said this last week, but plan a girl's trip, get something to look forward to on the books. And I highly recommend one that you can get in nature and just like connect with your friends because it was so beautiful. Um, other than that, I have some 
really exciting stuff coming up, which I am so pumped about besides just like all the amazing guests that are coming on the podcast in the next few weeks. Um, Bachelor Live on Stage is coming back in March, and I was lucky enough to get asked to come back to dance on the tour, which is such a awesome and also crazy feeling because it's been two years since we closed the tour, um, two years since I've been able to like really dance on a stage or utilize that side of myself. So I'm honestly honored to even be asked back and to get this opportunity again. And it feels weird because I didn't think it was ever going to happen. And I I know I've spoken on the, I've spoken about this before on this podcast, but I had to go through like a almost mourning process with my dance career and that dancer side of myself, which is if anyone's in the arts, I'm sure that you can relate to that or an athlete or anything where you have something that you care so much about. And I'm sure for many of us at the beginning of the pandemic, it kind of got taken away from us really abruptly. And I'm sure that can apply to a lot of people in different aspects of life. But um, it was really tough. And I definitely had to go through a process of like relearning who I was in a way because he put so much identity and emphasis on being a dancer or an artist or whatever that thing is. And when it's taken away, you're like, who am I? What do I, what do I call myself? Like, how do I relate to people if I'm not this thing? So it was definitely a really hard, but great lesson for me to learn that I am me and I don't have to have all these extra outside things to make up who I am. I mean, they're nice to have. I'm great to have something that you can connect to, but it doesn't mean that I don't have worth without that thing. So now that the thing is coming back, it's a very interesting feeling. Um, it's mixed with like so much excitement, but also like almost some fear on the bottom of it. Like, am I going to be able to get back into it or prepping myself for when it ends and going through maybe the morning process again? So there's a lot of mixed feelings with it. Um, but overall the general feeling is just like so happy and so excited. And I think because I had that like letting go process now that it's coming back, I can really hopefully be really present in it and just really enjoy my time getting to do it. Cause I didn't necessarily think this would ever happen again. So now that I'm getting that chance, like I just want to enjoy it and be in the moment and soak it up, you know? It's definitely going to come with some challenges too because Nick and I will be apart for two months, which is interesting as well because we started off long distance and learned some really awesome tools how to do that as a couple before we had met in person. But now we're going back to being long distance and having to navigate how we're going to handle that and communication and um, leaning back on all those tools we used in the past. Um, I'm sure we're going to bring back our journal last time we did long distance, we shared a journal and would write like love letters or notes to each other in it. So each time we visited, one person would start with a journal and then write some letters in it and then bring it to the person when we visited each other. And then that person would take it, write more letters, and then we would keep switching back and forth. So definitely something I highly recommend if you're doing long distance. I'll definitely update you on how we navigate this new small chapter. Um, but we both agree that I think it will just make us even better coming out of it and even stronger, but it will definitely take some work. Um, so there's definitely mixed emotions in it, but I'm hoping that Nick can come visit a couple of times and it'll be great. Um, but I'm just really excited and it, it, it 
just makes me really feel good to have a partner like him who is willing to be so supportive and doing something like this because he ultimately just wants my happiness and um, for me to do the things that I love, which is sometimes not the easiest thing to find in a partner. So to have someone like that who's like, yeah, this is going to be hard, but I support you and I want you to chase after your dreams and I want you to be your fullest self. And he's like fully in support of me going to do that. So stay tuned for all of the communication things and what we learned through tour coming back. But I am just so excited. The only like really downside of the tour coming back is that I'll have to leave Dixie for two months. And yes, I'm leaving Nick as well, but just for the two months. But it's just so hard because dogs don't understand. I feel like they just see you gone and they don't know how to process that you're going to come back or Dixie does not understand screens or FaceTime. So like even if I FaceTime her and she hears my voice, I feel like it'll be really confusing for her. Um, I mean, even after me being gone for like four days this weekend, she was like so depressed and sad that I wasn't around and it just breaks my heart. So I'm really, really concerned with how Dixie's going to take this. Um, And it breaks my heart to think about it. But you know, it's just going to make it that much better when we are reunited. So tour starts up in March. I'm going to be continuing the podcast on the road. So I'll give you guys updates along the way. So make sure you tune in for all that. And obviously I'll give you all the behind the scenes of what's going on with tour. We have all of those really exciting bachelor boys from Katie and Michelle season coming on. I don't know any details. Otherwise I would give them to you right now. I really have no idea on how the show is going to run or what it's going to be. I know it's going to be tons of fun. I think a lot of games and yeah, it's just going to be a good time. I mean, if it's anything like it was two years ago, we're going to have a blast. So definitely get your tickets because if you are a Bachelor fan, you will absolutely love the show. Um, So that is it for me today. Let's get into Ava. Please enjoy this episode, guys. Like I said, it's an absolute breath of fresh air. Share it with someone who needs a breath, a break, or someone you care about and tag us on social media at Something to Share Podcast. And before you go, make sure that you like, subscribe, review, give us five stars if you feel called to it. And please enjoy this episode with Ava. Um, how are you? I am, you know, for the first time in the last few months, finally allowing my nervous system to reset and just like nourishing myself with sun and surf and good food. So right now I'm feeling so good and I'm super grateful to be here today with you. Amazing. Yeah. I'm going to have to steal that energy because I am sitting, you're in Mexico right now and I am sitting in Ohio. We just got all the snow and I could, I could switch places with you if I was allowed. Um, so I'll take your energy today, but I'm so glad to sit down with you for the listeners that might not know your work or who you are. Could you just give us a little synopsis of what you do, your work and who you are? Yeah, absolutely. Hi everyone. Uh, my name is Ava Johanna. I am the founder of the Academy of Breath, which is an online breathwork and meditation service certification program that we created back in 2020 um, at the height of all of our lockdowns. And I did not realize people needed breathwork and meditation so much. I had a hunch 
based off of how it had impacted my life and my clients' lives. But over the past year, we've certified over 300, or excuse me, over the past two and a half years, we've certified over 300 students. And my goal really is to bring breathwork and meditation to every single household across across this planet. And um, it's been such an incredible journey being able to share these practices with so many teachers and coaches and healers and entrepreneurs that have really been able to implement the breath and mindfulness into their lives. I love it. Yeah. It makes you just feel good for you just talking about that. But yeah, it's interesting that we all have breath, obviously, if we're still alive and living, but how you can utilize it can be so different from one person to the next. And until you like really tap into it, you don't realize the power of it. I I actually start off all of my episodes, my intros, like let's all just take a breath because I just feel no matter what, it'll help even if it's just one breath that you just pay attention to for the day or if it's like a full practice, which I'm excited that we're going to do at the end of this episode. So we'll get into that later. But yeah, it's major. And it sounds like you're already connecting with so many people and it's already affecting so many people. So I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really cool to see that there are so many different techniques out there and that, you know, like we all are have bio individuality, right? We all are different mm-hmm. as far as our mental health goes or our emotional state, our physical state. And I just find it so cool. Like I said, before we hit record that we can use our breath as medicine, depending on what we really need. And I find it to be so empowering because it is something that is inherent in all of us and it's free too. So it doesn't Mm -hmm. really take much to be able to utilize this like gold mine that we have within ourselves. It's so true. I'm excited. Um, Before we jump into everything, I want to ask you my initial questions I ask of everyone. The first one is something to share from your nightstand, surprising, or with an interesting backstory. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to have an object. It could just be something that you use every day or just something that is special to you. Anything coming to mind in that world? Yeah, it's funny because I was thinking about this and I was like, what could I pull off my nightstand? And I was like, I don't have a nightstand right now. And Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's the interesting backstory. My husband and I um, put our stuff in storage last week, last Friday and decided to leave our lives in San Diego, um, which we had been, we'd been living there for 10 years, uh, both together and separately and decided that we really wanted to lighten our like physical load of attachment in order to really pursue what it means to be free and to prioritize our growth, both individual and um, in a relationship together. So no nightstand, which is so incredibly freeing. Um, However, the nightstand inside of my Airbnb is now filled with supplements, which is totally boring and not interesting at all. I wonder with doing that, it sounds so beautiful, this like journey that you guys are going on. Was it difficult for you to make that jump? Was it like a shedding at all? Or were you just like ready for it and you both just jumped into it with open arms? I feel like that could go both ways with a big transition like that. Yeah. I mean, it took about six months for us to get to that point. We had started feeling a heaviness around where we were living. And I think I definitely started feeling it a little bit sooner than my husband, Corey did. And, um, we had moved into a brand new house in June. And, um, right when we got there, it just felt like a big commitment, um, financial commitment, um, emotional commitment. It was this beautiful house up on the hills in La Jolla, but so isolated and away from everyone else. And it was perfect 
for the time being and what was really needed at the time. I was also going through like a major ego death in my business and in my own like existential purpose here. Mm -hmm. And so it was great to be isolated, but I think within a month I was like, all right, I'm ready to get up and go. I need new environments, new scenery. And so basically once I had moved in or once we had moved in, I started traveling by myself through um, Mexico and through the United States. And he ended up going on a trip for a month in Spain um, by himself in November while I was in Austin. And that's when he was like, okay, yeah, it's time to go we're ready to move on. And so at that point it was like very, very fast. Right. When we got back, we listed our house and the very first day someone came over the first person that we showed it to, and they ended up saying, all right, we're in. Um, so it was a very smooth experience from that point on, um, which I always look at as winks from the universe that we're on the right path. Um, but mm-hmm. prior to that, it was a lot of, um, a lot of elements of both like our individual, um, growth and our growth in a relationship coming up that was really challenging and did require a lot of shedding. Um, but once we got on the same page, it was like, all right, let's go. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Cause moves in general, whether you're just moving houses can bring up a lot. Cause one, you're going through all your stuff and packing it into boxes, but it also like a move like that, where you're changing up your environment and kind of how you do things or how you've done things in the past can be very, it can bring up a lot. So oh yeah, I'm sure it made you guys stronger and it's nice to do it with someone on the same page and someone that you can like turn to when things get difficult maybe. Mm-hmm. So that's, that sounds beautiful. Um, besides that, anything that's been on your heart or mind lately that you want to talk through? Yeah, you know, something that I've been seeing come up lately and, you know, through that whole existential crisis that I had was this, this idea of having to choose and this either or mentality that so many of us have when it comes to living in our purpose and living a deeply fulfilling life. And I think it's because so often we are shown either through our parents or, you know, media, society overall, that we can't have it all. And that it has to be like one direct path in order for us to get to X, Y, Z. And so last week I saw someone post, like, I don't want to be a girl boss. I want to like lie in the grass and create art and be with my lover. And I think that that was a perfect example of the, either or mentality where I can either choose to be creative and to have a deeply fulfilling love, or I can choose to be successful and make an impact on the world and have like deep purpose and drive. And when I saw that, I was like, Ooh, both of those sound good, Mm -hmm. but why do I have to choose either or? And so I think something that I've really been leaning into lately is how do we rewire our minds in a way that allows us to really create from a place of infinite potential based off of what is inherently true to us. So Hmm. I get to be successful. And if I want to be barefoot all day and go surfing in Mexico, that gets to be a part of my success. I don't have to choose between the two. I get to have them both. And I think that that's something Hmm. that we all can chew on for a little bit of like, where have I been limiting myself or telling myself that I have to choose either or, and how can I begin to create a landscape within myself that really opens me up to say, I get to be both or I get to have it all. I think it's easy to put ourselves in boxes, especially with if it's a box of like, I'm at this age, I must do these things in order to fit in or what I've been told. Or it's like, 
I am this job, so that makes me this type of person, so that's the box I'm in. Mm -hmm. And I think what's helpful is seeing people like you doing what you're doing and seeing how you took maybe the box that you were in and now you're changing and how you've made that work for yourself. Um, Because I think it can be scary or it can be easy to close your mind to what possibilities there are out there when you don't see someone doing it or you don't see examples of how that could work for you. And I think a great way to do that is like following someone like you or seeing, hearing someone like you, your story of like how you guys are making it work. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that it's really important that we do this work because again, like you said, like we're leading by example. And so that means that there are going to be more women or more men or more people that see us and say, Oh, wow. I thought that it could only be this way, but this person is showing me that I can be all of this. And that's going to motivate me or influence me to try and go after the things that I desire to create or to step into in my own way on my own path. And I think that there's so many people that are sitting on so much talent and, um, so much, so much, so many gifts that, hold themselves back from really pursuing them and really creating a space to be able to help people and serve people um, and serve themselves, of course, as well, too, Mm -hmm. because there's all of these stories around what it has to look like. How have you found that balance for yourself? Have you gotten there yet of like balancing the artist, free spirit lifestyle, and then the business entrepreneur person? Have you found that balance yet? Are you still working towards it? I think I'm always working towards it. You know, the way that I see, I think it's like a spectrum, right? Where we can go, we can fall really far into the hustle, the the grind, the entrepreneurial spirit. And then we can also fall really far into the like creative, flowy, one with the earth Mm -hmm. (laughs) spirit as well too. I know they're both so great. And so I feel like it's really just like a balancing act. And I don't think balance is ever completely perfect, but Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, that's where I, the breath comes in when I find myself too much in like the, like, let's just lean back and lay in the sun and eat fruit all day. Um, without actually taking action or like opening up my laptop or talking to my team, then that's when I'm like, okay, let me get some like masculine energizing practices in to just like relight that fire within me. And then on the other end of it, if I'm like glued to my computer all day, doing a lot of meaningless work, that's not really moving the needle in any way. It's let me ask myself, like, how can I drop into my body, get out of my head, use the breath to calm myself so that I can become more present. And from that present state, really show up for what I'm trying to create or whatever my mission might be for that day or for that season of my life from a place of responsiveness versus just like habitual patterns, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's something I want to lean into more. And I love that you give permission to people to do that and to yourself because it's a, it first starts with you just allowing yourself to explore those different parts of who you are mm-hmm. and not yeah, like, again, being closed-minded to what that could be for each individual person. I want to get into your story a little bit because I think it helps to under for people to really understand you and where how you are where you are now and like your success and all the things that you've accomplished. I want to get back to like your kind of origin story. I was reading from your blog that you started homeless at 16 and has gone have gone through all these jobs and all these ups and downs and like went from a 9 to 5 and all these things. So I would love for you to tell a little bit of your story and how it's kind of taken you to the point you're at now. Yeah, absolutely. So the homelessness was really the catalyst for me creating this promise within myself that I would never be in that position again. Um, Mm -hmm. At the time I was with my mom and my sister because I was 16 years old and 
I grew up in a very affluent area in um, California, in Southern California, Agora, Calabasas, Westlake area, which is, you know, home to the Kardashians and a lot of um, Hollywood elite. And having been surrounded by so much affluence, I knew that being in poverty and struggling didn't have to be the end all be all for my life. Um, Mm -hmm. And that really created a motor underneath me to work my way out of that situation that I had been placed in. And um, it started in the restaurant industry, which was, which was really fun. I worked at Nobu um, down in San Diego and um, that was such a fun job. Um, And at a certain point, I kind of fell into this daydream or grass is always greener thinking that working at a desk would be more suitable for me and would be better. And so I ended up um, getting a job at a startup and a couple startups actually throughout the, throughout about four or five years and in startup culture was required to wear many different hats. So I, having already created this like hustle grind mentality within me from you know, my teenage years hit the ground running in the marketing world, um, you know, building websites, running social media campaigns, graphic design. I did essentially everything. And it was great because it supported me so much in my business today. But I definitely was under the impression that if I just worked harder than anyone else and climbed the corporate ladder, that I would finally be saved from so much of the struggle that I had experienced and endured as a teenager. Um, So the hustle mentality really like pushed me into burnout while I was working at these startups because, you know, they want you to be there working harder than everyone else. They want you to be working 10 hours our days. And unfortunately that ended up being the cause of my body breaking down on me. And very quickly after I had, I think it had been like maybe eight months at this new company. Um, I had started suffering from really severe migraines every other week. I lost my sex drive completely. Um, I was so unable to connect with anyone in my life because I had just been staring at a computer for 10 hours straight. Like I didn't get up to go to lunch. I would eat my lunch at my desk and continue working. After about eight months of that, I finally had this like wake up call when I, I actually received a promotion and I was sitting in the office and they were telling me, you know, this is going to be your new job and this is how much you're going to make. And in that moment or within that day, I realized that there would never be an amount of money that could make me feel good and fulfill me and nourish me in the way that I was really searching for because Mm -hmm. I had started making a lot of money. I think at that point I was like 21, 22 years old and making $60,000, $65,000 without a college degree. And, um, you know, now I look back at that and I'm like, Oh, I, I, that's so cute. I I like, that was like huge for me, which it was huge. And it's huge for a lot of people. Um, and I remember like the moment I got the job calling my mom and being like, mom, I made it. I did it. I saw my life flash before my eyes when I was, when I was offered that promotion, because I saw how miserable my boss was. And I saw how miserable Mm -hmm. their boss was. And I was like, this isn't what's going to bring me happiness. This isn't it. And so I, from that point forward, really started peeling back the layers of what is it then and found myself in a yoga class, experiencing yoga for the first time, being in my body for the first time, feeling good in my body for the first time. 
And I knew that that was really like the breadcrumb to begin to explore how I could be of service to other individuals that had, you know, traveled down a similar path as me, experienced burnout, disconnected from their life and their relationships. And um, I think within like six months, I enrolled in a yoga teacher training. And from that point forward, I found breathwork and meditation and the rest is history. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. It's almost like you had to feel the extremes to really understand what was the most right for you, which sometimes people can like know that from the beginning, but sometimes you have to get to the top of the mountain that you were climbing and realize, oh, why did I want to be in here at the first place? Yeah. Or this was great. I feel good, but do I want this forever? So I, it's nice that you had that experience, but it's hard because then you want to have stability too. And you want to feel like you you have everything under control. And a lot of times that'll be like, climbing the corporate ladder and there's nothing wrong with that. And that's incredible. But then sometimes you have to like know what's right for you personally and like what's going to fill your soul up. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's keeping the job that you have and still finding ways on the side, like using your breath work and things like that, that are going to maintain that other part of you. But I think everyone's individual, but it's nice that realizing that you were able to like really clearly make that decision for yourself. Like, oh, this is not what I actually want. And what is it that I want? And you kind of opened up your heart and mind to what that could look like. Yeah. Yeah. And I um, maintained like freelancing jobs for the first year and a half of starting Mm -hmm. my business on my own. Um, So I definitely recommend for people to create a place of safety if they are pivoting somewhere in their life, because the last thing that you want to do is bring a feeling of like, this has to work and pressure and like this intense, like scarcity into whatever you're passionate about, because that's going to rob you of all of your passion if you're forcing Mm -hmm. it to happen. Um, so I had maintained some freelance positions in the beginning when I, um, was just starting to pursue yoga. I, at the, in the beginning I was doing marketing for yoga teachers. Um, so as you mentioned, like climbing a lot of different mountains and look, being at the peak and being like, okay, this isn't it. So let me, mm-hmm. that, that peak looks good too. Let me go climb that one, which mm-hmm. definitely requires an ability to like meet your ego and let it say whatever it wants to say, but continue moving your feet regardless. I think that that's been something that I've learned um, as a really important skill, especially in entrepreneurship, because most of us do need to try a lot of things before we find like that golden nugget that is our our path or at least our purpose within this season of life. Mm-hmm. I love all of that. Yeah, that's beautiful. I want to get into breath because it seems like that was the key thing that you that really opened up all this whole other world for you. So what is it about breath? What is I know you're really great with the science behind it and how mm-hmm. it works. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh yeah, I breathe every day. Like it's just something that I do. I don't have to think about it. But there's so much more to it. So what is it about breath for you and what is the work that you do with breath? Yeah. So I guess I'll go back to the first time that I experienced breath work. Um in my teenage years and my early twenties was a big partier. I absolutely used it as a way to escape and, um, be numb from so much of the trauma that I had experienced through being homeless. And the first time I did a breathwork class, I felt this insane connection to myself and to the universe or God and to everyone else that was in the room and this feeling of bliss that I had only experienced in like peak, peak, peak 
drug experiences. And I remember calling my girlfriend and being like, oh my God, I think I'm breath high right now. This is crazy. This feels so good that I was able to create this feeling of like deep love and reverence for my life and myself and the world around me that I've never been able to create before on my own. And so that was really what hooked me into the breath was this, this feeling of expansiveness and this feeling of connection to all things. And again, this like deep love for myself, like a deep self-acceptance, a deep cherishment of myself that I found so hard to create on my own, especially as an early 20 something woman, um, you know, usually I would just rip myself to shreds and be so hard on myself. And this was a moment of complete acceptance that mm. I had never been able to create before without substance. And that was really what woke me up to the power of breath. And from that point forward, I was like, I want to learn everything that I can about breath work and why this tool is so powerful. And upon enrolling in several teacher trainings of my own, doing research on my own, reading any book that I could find on breath work, I realized that this tool was a practice both spiritually, energetically, physically, and mentally that really allowed us to break free from so much of the mental roadblocks or physical roadblocks that we perceive to be or actually do have within ourselves so that we could create our lives, our present reality, and our experience here in whichever way that we wanted. So it became this tool that allowed me to expand my consciousness, the way that I thought about myself, the way that I thought about the world, what I thought to be possible for what I could create in my life. It became this practice that allowed me to really create safety in my body because it's um, the breath is intertwined with our autonomic nervous system, which is essentially our fight or flight and our rest and digest. So the part of our body that tells our body it's on, let's fight, let's flee, let's let's like freeze up and mm-hmm. and create that creates that arousal in our body, which sends stress hormones throughout our body, like uh, cortisol and adrenaline, which over time can be detrimental to our health. It's what creates disease and and inflammation in our bodies. Um, And then on the other side, our relaxation response or rest and digest is really what brings the body back down, which has been an evolutionary trait that was so important for us in the stone ages, but now is very, it's maladaptive because anything from a motorcycle going down the street or last night I was on a hike, um, in the jungles in Mexico. It was actually pretty sketchy. And one of the girls that we were with was like, Oh yeah, it was dark already, which made Uh it super sketchy. Um, and she's like, and we heard a sound in the bush and she's like, Oh, by the way, there's like Jaguars. You guys know what to do when a Jaguar comes up. Right. I'm like, no, I don't know what to do. do do? (laughs) Die. Yeah, I know. Right. Um, and so at that point I could feel like my alert system go on. And so your Mm -hmm. rest and digest is like what brings you back down and like creates safety in the body. So the breath is a tool that allows us to activate that safety in our body, which is so important. Mm -hmm. Utilizing the breath 
in both of those ways, the, the, the safety element and the expansion of consciousness and how I think and how I feel, I started to see massive shifts in all areas of my life. I saw massive shifts in my intuition, my creativity, my excitement towards work, how I would show up and speak, how I'd hold myself, um, mm-hmm. again, my perspective, um, how I started treating other people. I saw shifts in my business and in my relationship at the time, but now my marriage and my friendships and how I related to my family and how I reacted or responded to my family and all all their quirkiness. Um, And I saw that unfold quite rapidly, which was so incredible to see and also to be witnessed in other people. Mm -hmm. I had so many people ask me like, what, what's, change. Like you're different. I can, I can, I experience you differently now mm-hmm. that I knew I had this, this practice or these set of techniques that I could bring to other people to really support them and being able to unlock those same changes in their life. So after about gosh, four years, five years, I think of doing these practices on my own, utilizing them in my yoga classes or with my one-on-one clients. That's where, when I decided I'm going to create the certification program so that more teachers and healers can bring these practices to their clients and students as well. So nice that it's something that you have that you can always utilize. And I love that connection you made to like doing drugs because I it's it, I've experienced that somewhat with with breath work and sometimes at like end of a yoga class I haven't dived as deep as definitely as you had but it, it yeah it's true you can reach these levels within yourself by just breathing and that's has so much power and you're like oh I don't need like a Xanax I don't need like that glass of wine necessarily right now to reach these points mm-hmm. I mean it's so nice to have every once in a while um but it's it's nice that you have that power within yourself so yeah that and it has like all this unlimited potential because I've, I've remember being at like the end of yoga classes and like the yoga class was great but the end when we're just doing that deep breathing and all of a sudden I start crying and I'm like what is going on mm-hmm. <laughs> like all I was doing was breathing and something just un unlatched in myself that I just released and it took like just being still and getting quiet with myself and this whole other thing opened up so yeah there's so much power in it mm-hmm. I hope that people kind of explore that more after this conversation yeah You've talked about breath with manifestation and how it's opened up all this these amazing things in your life. And I think you talked about like the science of mysticism because I, I think like I'm one that believes in manifestation. I've seen it work for me, but I, I'm always like aware that not, not everyone believes that necessarily. It might not be true for everyone else. So like what was – what's the connection that you found between breath and manifesting or creating things in your life or opening up like opportunities for you? Mm, yeah. Okay. So for anyone that is a skeptic, know that I'm, yeah. I, I was right there with you. <laughs> um, you know, that's, that's honestly one of the reasons why I created the Academy of Breath because I had done several trainings and some of them would be super science heavy. And some of them would be very like spiritual heavy and like mysticism heavy. And mm-hmm. I wanted to like bridge the gap between the two. I was like, there's gotta be a connection between these things. Um, mm-hmm. So as far as like manifestation goes, we can back up a, a second to like explain how manifestation works. So there's this thing called the observation or the observer's effect. And within this observer's effect, essentially how this was created, um, these scientists were exploring how the electrons and um, electrons and photons work within within cells, essentially. Mm -hmm. So 
they noticed that within the cells, these electrons would form and come into like come into physical form underneath a microscope when they were staring directly at it. However, when they took their focus away from looking for the electron, they completely dissolved. And so what this tells us is that our focus creates physical form. This is the essential like foundation of quantum physics. So what that means is that we have this quantum field where everything is energy. And when we bring our focus to a specific thing within the quantum field, whether it's electrons as these um, physicists did, or something that we desire to manifest, this thing will actually manifest within the field. So what that tells us is that our focus is incredibly powerful. And more than that, when we bring our focus, our conscious awareness, and the feelings within our body into coherence, so what we feel is aligned with what we are focusing on, Mm -hmm. what this does is create the manifestation within the quantum field. And so where does breath work come in? Breath work is an embodiment practice. Breath work allows us, as I've kind of mentioned, to expand how we feel both on a conscious level and a physical level. And in doing so in that expansive state, we can begin to shift that expansive feeling towards whatever that focus is. So I love this practice because it opens us up to create more energy in our body. And when you feel like really energized after a workout class or a breath, like yoga or breath work, it feels like you're on top of the world, right? It's like, or if you're at a music festival with all of your friends listening to incredible music, you feel unstoppable, right? You feel like, oh my gosh, the world is our oyster. And that's really the peak state that we want to be in for manifestation. And So breath work allows us to reach that state. And from that place, we can really tune into what we desire, imagine feeling into it in our body, visualize it within our minds. And from that heightened state, I always come back to what action do we take from here? Because expansive feelings will always lead to expansive action. If we don't take the time to get into an expansive feeling and we're in like, just like a really contracted state, or we're like not feeling confident, or we're thinking about the thing that we want, but we're like, I don't really know if I could get that, or that seems so far away. Usually a contracted state, a contracted vibration isn't going to influence very big action or any action at all. The times where I feel the least amount of confidence are not the times where I'm like, I'm going to reach out to that person and pitch myself, or I'm mm-hmm. going to go, you know, um, down the street and do X, Y, and Z. Um, the t- contracted states are when I'm like, I don't want to do anything at all. I want to be mm-hmm. in my cave. I'm going to watch Netflix and I maybe will log on to work today. Um, so our breath and, and, and our intention and our focus is brings us into that expansive state. So then we can say, okay, well, this is what I want. I'm feeling the feelings of already having it. Mm-hmm. And as I focus on it, it, cre- it will manifest within the quantum field. So once it's created, what do I need to do? How do I need to show up? What kind of action can I take in order to get there? So it really is the focus, the embodiment, and then the action. And those three pieces are really how we create, how we manifest. I love science behind that because, yeah, you can believe it, but some people need like that process of like prove it. Mm -hmm. essentially. Mm -hmm. And I love when science backs things up like that. And it just gives an example of, uh, yeah, it's true because science says it's true. So then you try it for yourself. And then when you believe it for yourself or you just try it on your own 
like life or just the, try the practice and you see how it can open things up for you or shift things. And then it's like easier to trust. But I love when there's like that clear science or that those clear reasons why it works. Yeah, totally. For people to j- dive into it. Yeah. It's the belief piece. Right. And that's mm-hmm. why, that's why embodiment practices like breath work are so powerful because like I said, it changes your mind, right? It expands your consciousness. It expands what you believe to be true. So if we already know on a cognitive level that there are, there is scientific proof that our focus shifts physical reality that will bring us to this place of like, okay, yeah, I can get behind this. And then mm-hmm. adding on top of that, I feel incredible in my body. Oh my gosh. I feel so expansive from that breathwork practice. I can do anything. It just like layers upon layers upon layers of momentum towards you really believing that you can have the thing that you desire. Is there an example or a time that it's worked for you where you're like, set aside like, okay, I want to manifest this or I want to create this in my life. And then using your practice, your breath, your techniques to achieve that. Is there an example that you could give us? Oh my gosh. All the time. I feel yeah. like every single day, the first example that comes to mind is when I first created the Academy of Breath. Um, the idea dropped in, in a meditation. And I saw myself speaking in front of hundreds of people. It was actually like thousands of people because I saw myself on stage at Coachella teaching breath work. And I was like, this is dope. (laughs) Um, That's incredible. We need that. I know. Right. I really, if anyone's listening from golden voice, I really think that would be, (laughs) I really think it would be a great addition in between sets. Just saying. Mm -hmm. Um, but I saw myself teaching and it literally brought me into such a heightened emotional state where I started crying. And I was like, wow, like this is something that could Mm -hmm. be real and that, that I could create. And I saw how impactful it could be. And it brought me into that really like deep excitement and emotion for what I could create. And from that point forward, I had never really had a big group, like a large group of people in any of my programs. I think at the time, the most was like nine people. And so Mm -hmm. when I created the Academy of Breath and like first had the idea, I was like, oh, it'd be so cool to have like 13 or 14 or 15 people inside. That would be so special. And Mm -hmm. every single day I showed up to my practice, I sat down and I asked, who can I serve? And I got back into that vision and I felt into what it would be like to teach in front of hundreds of thousands of people and Mm -hmm. um, kept coming back to service as well too, of like, wow, this is how it's going to impact their lives. Not just my life, um, but like this entire group is going to be in the entire world, because I truly believe that teachers are ripple effects into the world and we're, we're all ripple effects into the world. Um, Mm -hmm. and that launch ended up having 64 people inside of it. And it was the easiest launch I've ever done. The most incredible, like fulfilling group of human beings And I truly believe that it was because I sat down every single day. I tuned into the vision. I got deep into the emotion of what I could create with these individuals. And that energy, I think, could be felt as well, too, as I was talking about it. And as I was sharing about it, people could feel my deep love for these practices. They could feel the integrity that I was, that I was approaching with. And I think that was incredibly attractive as well too, but that was definitely a manifestation where I was like, Whoa, (laughs) this is crazy. That's amazing. I love, I love clear examples like that because the more the better, Mm because then you can see like, Oh, she did that. I could do that. And I agree that when you show up with different energy, it, you can be felt like whether that's just posting on Instagram or it's like showing up in a room and talking in front of people, or if it's like us on this podcast, I think you can feel a difference when someone is coming from like that contracted space, which is okay if you're there and if you're 
some days you're like that, but versus that like exhale open space that you are at. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just want to say too, going back to what you're saying about like, it's okay to be in the contracted space. You don't Mm -hmm. have to be in an expansive state all of the time. That's not sustainable at all, but you can create as many opportunities as possible to be in that expansive state because it feels good to be there regardless. Um, and let yourself off the hook. If you are feeling like, I don't, I don't want to feel good today, or, you know, Mm -hmm. it's my first day of menstruation and I do want to eat chocolate and watch Netflix all day. Um, that isn't the determining factor that you will like not get what you, what you desire. So Mm -hmm. I, I definitely had to go through my own process of giving myself permission to not always feel sparkly. And in those moments of not feeling sparkly, it's telling myself, even though I don't feel good right now, I still am worthy and and deserving of everything that I desire and more. And just because I don't feel great right now does not mean anything about what I can create and what I can achieve. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. I love that reminder. One more question before we get into breath work. I think you mentioned this on your blog of this, you went through this existential crisis and things have shifted for you, but also the idea of I've I've done this a lot in my life and I've seen a lot of friends do this of like thinking that life has to be in like one straight line of success and how we tend to, or I tend to like minimize when we do reach certain successes um, and how we just do that naturally with like when we're trying to accomplish things or when we're starting something new and how you've shifted that for you. Can you walk me through that? Like those two things. I think that when we are in this constant state of success or uh, striving towards success, it can discount and like discredit what we've already created. And what I found in my own life is that when I was constantly reaching towards the next level, reaching, 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 so much of it wasn't actually conscious. So much of it was based off of influence from the world around me. And um, in addition to that, I think a lot of like unconscious, unresolved trauma from, again, my past and just like Mm -hmm. still constantly reaching towards something to find that safety in it. Um, Because, you know, even after I had had that aha moment in my corporate job and my at the startup, I still in my business had that play out in different ways. Mm -hmm. It was just my business. So it was a little bit more sneaky when we are in this path of growth, I think that it's so important for us to maintain a state of presence throughout all of it. So we can constantly tune in with ourselves and ask ourselves, like, why am I reaching for what I'm reaching for? What, where am I creating from? Is it creating from a place of love? Is it creating from a place of fear? Because when we create from love, it creates more love. When we create from fear, it creates more fear. And so for anyone that is like on this path of development, which I know all of you are because you're listening to this conversation, mm-hmm. create space for yourself to let go of everything outside of you. Like really let go of what's happening on Instagram, let go of what your friends are doing, let go of the expectations of your family or your partner or your job and get quiet, get still. And ask yourself, like, what is true to me? What do I truly want? What do I really want to create? What what are my values? Am I like living in integrity and in alignment with those things? And being radically honest with yourself so that you can continue to refine how you do life and how you be in life and not spend so much time reaching for things that aren't necessarily 
going to be things that fill you in the way that you might desire. I think that we have a lot of material, tangible desires that we've assigned meaning or value to that this is going to be the thing that makes me feel X, Y, and Z. This is going to be the thing that makes me feel safe. This is going to be the thing that makes me feel worthy. This is going to be the thing that makes me feel powerful. This is going to be the thing that makes me feel loved. What I've found is that many of the things that we give meaning to once we actually achieve them or receive them don't actually hold those underlying emotions. And so when I'm creating now and, and really focusing on my growth, it's from a place of rather than like, I want to make an extra $500,000 this year, or I want to have a hundred people in my next course. It's instead, I want to feel deeply inspired in this process. I want to feel deeply connected to the people that I am serving. I want to, like we're talking about at the beginning of this conversation, be able to be creative and create a lot of success. That has led me to continue to manifest all of the tangible surface level things, but do so from a place of like being deeply fulfilled the entire time. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Yeah, it makes sense. And there's so much more meaning behind it when it's just like, okay, I got the 100 people on my course, but it's like, no, I'm affecting the lives of these 100 people and these are how I want them to feel. Like there's so much more almost like attachment to it and more it gives you more of a drive and just more fulfillment in general. And I think when you're looking to accomplish or manifest things from like the place of like how I want to feel and I want to give to the world and I want it to affect people's lives versus like I want to I want my ego to be stroked by this Mm -hmm. situation by this accomplishment I think those two things make a huge difference differentiating between the two yeah totally I mean at a certain point when I when we had moved into this house and I had everything like I had the big house on the hill I had my fancy office I had all all the things and I wasn't happy And Mm -hmm. so it doesn't necessarily mean that everything that we're manifesting on like a tangible level is empty. This is Mm -hmm. just my experience. Um, But it really opened my eyes to how important it is to focus on the feeling of of who you're showing up as and and what you're really creating in the process of manifesting. Um, Mm. Because again, it's like you you could get to the 100 students or you could get to the X amount or you could get to the relationship, but was it fulfilling in the process? I think we're so destination oriented based off of the way that our um, society is structured to achieve and to continue like, again, reaching for the next thing versus being journey oriented. And I think that that's a really powerful place to shift our focus to because that doesn't mean that we don't get to the destination. It just means that the journey gets to be beautiful as well too. I love that so much. Yeah, and I'm working through that currently as well. Um, why don't we get into a little breath work exercise? Um, I want to give you the floor to whatever exercise you want to do. And is this something that people need to like pause and not be driving? Or is it something that they can do from anywhere? Yeah. Uh, the practice that we're going to do, you can do at any time, which is really nice. You don't even have to close your eyes for it. And the reason why I love doing this breath specifically for podcasts is because it's good for everybody. So there's no health contradictions. Um, it's incredibly safe. Again, you don't have to be even seated in meditation to do it. Um, I do this practice if I'm driving in traffic. I do this practice if I'm annoyed at the grocery store. And um, what it really does is, again, bring us into that relaxation response. So, so many of us are running around with like chickens with our heads cut off, we have a million emails to respond back to, or the kids are wild and crazy and we got to drive them everywhere, or we're tuned into the news and freaking out about the state of the world. Um, So what this practice does is bring us back into our bodies, 
tell and signal to our entire body it's you're safe here. So that's going to immediately start sending serotonin and dopamine, which are happy hormones throughout our body and um, turn back all of our systems, turn back on all of our systems. So it helps with immunity. It helps with our, um, again, our hormonal system. So fertility for women and, and men and impacts every single part of our body from our lungs to our stomach and our digestion to our heartbeat, um, to our nervous system. So it's a really simple yet powerful practice that I do every single day. Um, and the breath itself is called equal ratio breathing or Samavriti Pranayama. And very much like the name, it's an equal ratio on your breath. So you inhale for a count of five, hold at the top for five, exhale for a count of five, hold at the bottom for five. Um, it's also known as box breath. And it's actually practiced by Navy SEALs to help them move out. I was going to say, I thought Navy SEALs, yeah. Yeah, it it (laughs) helps them to move out of that fight or flight state when they're in battle to, again, be present and to respond instead of react. So really incredible practice. There's been tons of research around it. Um, And we'll be doing this practice for, we'll say about like three minutes altogether. Um, Usually I do it for about three to five minutes before I move into any other breathwork practices and techniques. Um, And you'll breathe all in and out of the nose. So if you are driving, don't close your eyes. If you're listening to this at home, you feel free to close your eyes. You can settle into a comfortable seated position. But again, if you're listening to this on the go, you can just follow my cues and continue doing whatever you're doing. But for everyone else, you can close your eyes down. We'll start by taking a deep breath down into your belly. So as you're breathing in, inhaling, your belly is going to expand away from your spine. When the belly is completely filled, draw the breath all the way up into your chest. So the entire torso is filled with air and take a slow exhale out of your nose to release and watch the torso deflate. We'll do that two more times before we begin inhaling through your nose into your belly. Draw the breath all the way up into your chest. Exhale through your nose, release. One more time, deep breath in through your nose down into the belly, up into the heart. Exhale through your nose to release. At the bottom of your exhale, slowly begin to inhale in that same fashion for five, two, three, four, five. At the top, hold the breath for five. Exhale for five through the nose, four, three, two, one. Hold at the bottom now for five. Lungs are completely empty. Good, inhale again for five. Hold at the top. Exhale for five, four, three, two, one. Hold at the bottom. On this next round, I want to invite you to slowly breathe in for the five count. So see if you can sip in air the entire five, two, three, four, five. Hold the breath at the top while you're holding. See if you can relax your body anywhere. Maybe your shoulders are tense or your brow is scrunched, just relax into your entire physical body. 
Then once again, slowly release your exhale through your nose for five, four, three, two, one. Hold at the bottom. Scan your body. Relax even further. Relax the jaw. Relax the neck. And inhale for five, two, three, four, five. Hold at the top. Exhale for five, four, three, two, one. Hold at the bottom. Last round. Inhale through the nose for five. Belly expands, chest expands, hold at the top. Exhale for five, four, three, two, one. Hold at the bottom, last hold, soften the body. And take a deep breath in, filling up your belly rib cage, chest, open mouth, exhale, sigh it out and release. Beautiful. You've got your eyes closed. Feel free to open them now. Mm. That was wonderful. Yeah. doesn't take much, right? That was only five, exactly. five breaths. So mm-hmm. simple. Thank you so much for that. My dog was grunting in the background, so I like to think that she was doing it with us. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, Ava, what is one like last leaving piece of advice or thought that you could end us off on? I know that we are constantly receiving so much information on how to live our lives, how to better ourselves, where to go, what to do. And what I found to be most impactful for me in my own experience and as well as with my clients is to start wherever you are with whatever feels most inspiring and most true to you and let yourself move into this process slowly. There is no rush to be perfect tomorrow or for our routines and daily rituals to be an hour long and completely perfected based off of what we see other people do. Our journeys are all supposed to be so unique to us. And rather than taking on too much from the very beginning, I just want to invite anybody to, again, just start where you're at and do what you can with the tools that you have. That's one of my favorite quotes. Start where you are, do what you can, use the tools that you have. And I think that really just speaks to the simplicity as well as the individuality that we can invite in to how we live our lives, how we choose to create or what we choose to create. So let it be simple, let it be easy and let it be unique to you. 
Thank you so much. Um, Ava, where can everyone find you? Find the Academy of Breath, all of the work that you do, your podcasts. Yes. Uh, drop that for us. Yeah, please. absolutely. So we just started a new Instagram page called at breathwork certification. Um, mm-hmm. And if you are interested in practicing and learning and really diving deeper into breathwork and meditation and mindfulness, definitely go follow us there. We do live classes. There's lots of information. Um, and of course, information on the Academy of Breath as well as breath work, which is a six module personal practice course um, that we created for people that maybe aren't interested in becoming meditation or breathwork instructors. So there's those two options there if you want to dive deeper. Um, and then if you want to follow me, my Instagram is at Ava Johanna and my website is academyofbreath.org. Um, and the podcast is called The Alchemized Life. Love it. Thank you so much for being here and for sharing all that. that was, I just feel like great. I know it was the breath, yes. but that was beautiful. a beautiful conversation. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for having me. That is it for me today, you guys. Thank you so much for being here and for listening. Before you go, make sure that you rate, review, and follow as well as subscribe so you never miss an episode. And one thing you can share in the meantime, this podcast, obviously. Send it to a friend who needs some inspiration or give us some love on social media and tag us at Something to Share Podcast on Instagram. And I'll see you next Wednesday.